Hey everyone, welcome to Chosen by Committee. Uh, we are here today to talk about the 1921 uh, Pulitzer winner, Miss Lulu Burt by Zona Gale. Um, excuse me, Miss Lulu Bet by Ms. Uh, Zona Gale in 1921, being the first woman to win a Pulitzer Prize for drama. Um, I am, uh, my name is Josh Heron. I am a teacher, uh, theater writer, who's not doing much theater writing in these times, um, and a uh, lifelong theater lover. And I am joined uh, by uh, theater maker John Rosenberg. Hello. And uh, theater thinker, uh, champion skier, and um, blog person. Uh, <laughs> Hello. John's not wearing a shirt. Yeah, it's important to note, John is not wearing a shirt for the second time um, on this podcast. Um, today, we're going to talk about Miss Lulubet, which was uh, uh, a play, but not only a play, it was first a novel um, by Ms. Donagale, and it was also um, turned in to a silent movie around the same time. The I meant to watch the silent movie. I haven't yet. Oh, it, it, that's on the criterion. Um, I have, it's really tough to watch a silent movie. To watch this silent movie would be, I think, also tough. Um, but so uh, <laughs> this play is about um, a, a woman, Lulu, who lives with her sister. Um, and her sister's awful husband, um, as well as their mother, um, and her sister and her brother-in-law's, her niece and nephew, her, their children. Um, and the play sort of centers around a uh, sort of surprise shotgun wedding as Lulu marries uh, her brother-in-law's brother, Ninian, uh, only to soon discover after that Ninian has been married, uh, is married um, <laughs> to a woman in Brazil who may or may not still be alive, um, which brings shame, potential shame and disregard for uh, her family, the Deacons. Um, and Lulu is faced with a choice to, um, uh, to hide this fact and live a lie or to claim her truth. Um, the play hits on uh, lots of social mores for the time um, and um, the role of family and respectability and um, and yeah. Um, and the, this play has two endings, one in which she ends back up with that, uh, that cad Ninian and one in which she goes off onto her own uh, spoiler alert. Um, the Pulitzer P Committee... Well, no, she ends up with uh, the other guy. Well, sort the of the other guy. guy. There's another guy, Mr. Cornish. Um, Cornish, But no. I think it's implied that she's going to go off on her own and then come back to him, maybe. Um, mm. And that's the ending that the Pulitzer was awarded to. But Is that I, right? I was going to ask. Yeah, and then apparently that was too dark, and so oh. um, they rewrote the ending um, to make it a happy ending. But I feel oh. like we could just return that because that's not the one that won the Pulitzer. Um, 
All right. The novel had a different ending too, apparently. I, the novel and the novel ends in a full wedding between her and Cornish. I this is gonna really like reveal my feelings for this work, but the idea of reading <laughs> this novel makes me want to rip out my eyes and, <laughs> oh. and forget to learn how to read. Um, uh, so what, um, John? What surprised you about this play? Um. I think what surprised me about it was uh, like uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I like uh, that surprised I know, me too. Yeah, no, I, I I forgot, and I I really uh, I like doing this because I forget that I always learn something every time I either see a play or read a play. I learn something. Um, I don't know what I learned with this, but like. It, I felt like it was, if you like set aside like the, the things, I thought it was modern, man. I was into it. What things are we setting aside? I mean, like the, like the, the, the freaking out of like Dwight and all that stuff or like kind of the setup of her like Cinderella in the house. You know what I mean? There was something about it that like, I didn't feel like it was, is this the right use of the word anachronistic? Yeah. Because yeah. like to me, the first one, the why Mary, I was like, this shit's from a different fucking time. I like, think you said the opposite in our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think you did. But it's funny because I think this is like so of a piece with why Mary. So I'm gonna well, I thought it was interesting. Why Mary had a shotgun wedding or like an accidental wedding too, didn't it? Certainly, certainly. But I think for and me... It's interesting that, yeah, they're all talking about marriage. Definitely. But how they went about it, I felt like stylistically was different. Just like, to me, why Mary had like the big monologues. Everyone had a big monologue, like either yeah. stating cases or... Stating this was quippy. There were no speeches more than like three super lines, quick. four lines. It was yeah. Super quick and like it was nonstop. My I, theory on why it won the Pulitzer, we're getting ahead here, was that there was a really good production of it. Mm. I don't know, but like I, I, I enjoyed it too in a way. I think, I mean, first off, it's not a good play. <laughs> but I still I still found it fun and I think like I bet in like 1920 you had like a bunch of good actors like someone really fun as Dwight someone really fun as Lulu and like, like the back and forth the mother-in-law could Lulu like, be fun? like I feel like the mother-in-law yes. could be very fun I could see yeah. the sister being played by like a drag queen and that being really fun. <laughs> That's not happening in 1920 though. Uh, you mean uh, Dwight's wife or you mean- Yeah, Lula? what's her name? Um, Ina. Ina? Ina. I, Ira? Ina? Yeah. Um, Ina. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, the everything is just like one line dialogue pieces. It could have been done like really fast. And yeah, that no, the interactions between Dwight and Lulu, like he's an asshole to a, but it could have been done like, could have been funny. 
and um, and quick. My, my I also, also oh. I liked the kids. I did like the kids. I thought Monona, um, the name alone, Monona, but Monona and and die i mean i thought like uh so yeah, dwight and ina have two kids and the sister lulu lives with them and and the mother to uh lulu and ina's mother and basically does everything for them right she always gets told how good a cook that she is but those kids i don't know i i don't remember many many plays where like the kid characters are so seem so full mm-hmm. people i mean that's one reason you could never do it because kid actors are terrible but <laughs> oh dear <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say john do you remember um it like i think reading it mostly like in the first act like uh I know we were talking before we started about like how there's so many entrances and exits, but like they all weren't built on like, you were saying like, it's kind of like English drawing room comedies or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Didn't remind me of that. It reminded me of how people in houses, they just fucking go all over the place all the time, in and out of rooms, in and out of rooms. You know what I mean? Like there was not yeah. like, it's not like a noises off where, Vicky had to go get the sardines to come back, and then someone. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, there was they just come and go. You know just, what it reminded me of is more like contemporary television. I thought. Mm. Interesting. It, it reminded me of what's who? Who did the Royal Tenenbaums? Wes Anderson. It reminded me of Wes Anderson. Interesting. Huh. And so th- that was what really surprised me was just the sheer amount of entrance and exits. Um, mm-hmm. So I think those, I think for this play to be quick, has to be very good actors because just the entrances and exits alone are like killer. Um, but, like, but, I th- but I think what I appreciated about the writing of it and the style was that like, it went all the way with the entrances and exits yeah. where like, and I, I thought it was really well written in that sense that like, people coming in and out of the room and it didn't really strike me as like talking shit about someone while they're out of the room. Like it was, it was very naturalistic and at the same time, completely ridiculous. Yeah. I think naturalistic is a, a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> like every oh, one of these plays, you read synopsis and they describe as, you know, a new bringing in a new era of realism. (laughs) (laughs) They are not. I mean, I I feel like for me also the surprise is like, I mean, this makes me right now at least appreciate beyond the horizon. Like I feel for me, I felt like this and why Mary felt so similar on Hmm. like sort of on themes and sort of on like social class and in place. And it like, it felt like, very much of the same like thing and then beyond the horizon was like whoa that must have been if like this was the like the sort of the sea that we were swimming in like beyond the horizon must have been like fucking crazy um but well, yeah, I, 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 I could definitely yeah i can i can appreciate what you're saying in that sense that 
this does cleave yeah. more towards why Mary. Um, but I guess to me, like it wasn't, I didn't feel like it was trying hard to be funny, funny all the time. Mm-hmm. No. Like uh, why Mary was. No, I mean, I think some of the sentiments about like love are pretty like, I wouldn't say sad, but like are very yeah, definitely sad. Yeah. Uh, pragmatic. Like, I think Lulu is pretty much like, yeah, Ninian. Like he said, he he saw me as a human. The first like, person to compliment me on something other than my cooking. Cooking was like really nice. So like, yeah, I guess I love him. And it, like, <laughs> it sucks that like he's married, but like I want to remember I had that moment. And like, I don't know. It's not like he was like the love of my life, but like it was pretty good. Like better than I ever thought I'd get. Like, See, it's weird. I read it different. I read it as like the the driving force of it is like a like her dream and like steadfastly holding on to something uh, no matter the, I don't know. There, there's something about it that got me. Like uh, yeah, like I didn't I didn't I wasn't annoyed by Lulu for taking a position and holding on to it. Um, I liked that Dwight and Ina were so ridiculous and like so um, they were consistently funny. And I could see with good actors that it must have been yeah. like Hot House laughter of 1921 or whatever. Like, like we're not supposed to take Dwight seriously. We can't. I mean, unless an actor went super serious with it, which would be incredible. <laughs> like a super not like self-aware that, uh, that it was right. supposed to be yeah. not taken seriously. Yeah, that would also be very good. But like, you could see I, an actor doing that. I also, you know, like the thing that it reminded me of is like when I was young, I almost got married one night to somebody. You know what not I mean? your current <laughs> wife? No, 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 not my current wife, but... Like, Were you in Vegas? I was in Reno. <laughs> hey! Wait, this is... Okay, was this... I don't think you mentioned this when we talked about Reno. No. Or you no, just I, asked us. This is like your move, John. We're like, have you ever been to Reno? Oh, cool. What about you, John? No, no, no. <laughs> I, no, no. <laughs> Me? I've never been to Reno. almost got married. But like the... And I think the strange thing reading this was Wait, like, no, no, no. I'm pulling you. So what happened that night that you were in Reno? I was in I was in Reno with uh, my man Rojan and uh, two other friends. One of them, her name was Angela, um, and we were playing Kino in the Circus Circus. And yes, we were we like, were. "Yes, we were." And like at some point, I like asked Angela, "I was like, do you want to get married?" And she's like, was a "Joke." Was that was it a joke or was it like were you? In, I mean, in the same way that anything is, like, some mixture of the two, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you could be like, wouldn't it be ironic if we got married? But she was completely serious. She was like, yeah, I'll marry you. Nope. And, like, I was like, uh. <laughs> but I think the point so being didn't. that, like, no, I didn't. Um, but I think the point being that, like, you could read this and be like, eh, this the, the Ninian dude, the like seeing someone like being like, let's get married. It read real to me. Like the the ridiculousness of it, or like building a dream off of something that just happens. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was into it. I didn't. I was. I didn't mind the structure or like that. It's really interesting that you know marriage is a key part of all three plays. Yeah, like we're starting to see like themes. Is it? You know, the first play they mentioned that like one one in every eleven marriages end in divorce, uh, which for that time <laughs> is a lot, remarkably right. a lot. But like, so I don't know. Is like something going on with like marriage also, and society? I mean, yeah, it's also like right. You're a, you're a, like about to have a crisis of sort of like you're on the dawn. Like the first play was all about the new woman, right? You're like on the probably not even dawn of modernity you're like past modernity but i guess is that like bourgeois theater is catching up but also actually i wouldn't call women's suffrage a crisis (laughs) (laughs) but but i I do think it's interesting because like (laughs) when was the term ennui when is that from that's from that's from like the late 19th century right yeah Right. So this is like, so this is like the second, so like by 1920, this is like the second generation of like middle class, like cosmopolitan people, right? Second or third of, yeah. I yeah. Mean, I don't know. Moliere was writing in the 17th century. No one gives a fuck about that. This is America. But like, okay, <laughs> but, well, you know, but, but you know what I mean? Like within... But you're saying like the themes that are like kind of, uh, I'm just wondering like in like America, like American theater at this time, like why is it that the first three plays are about marriage or something like that? I don't know. But also think about how many plays have like a love story. Now. Like I feel like nowadays, yeah. I mean, like there's a lot more, I feel like there are a lot more options around like expressing love or expressing, you know, sex or like right like you're in a much more restricted time you know right. the fact that like lulu got sorry married. but the other thing the other thing that's interesting interesting me reading these old plays is how much stuff i see in like modern stuff now like that is just like pulling from this old stuff so it's yeah, interesting to me I, to, I felt to like look for said this is an influence on like modern television it felt like tv script to me Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I really feel like uh, that right things that are just kind of accepted as like tropes or whatever. It's interesting mm-hmm. to see, and I'm, I'm sure you could go back even further where these pull from that. But it is interesting to see the modern stuff pull from this. Right, you could see an episode of I don't know uh, what's a popular sitcom, Laverne and Shirley, Modern Family. Modern Family, I don't know. You could see a, an episode of a modern si- sitcom having that, like, accidental wedding. Oh, you said the marriage vows in front of the judge. Now you're actually married. And they'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I guess we have to be. Let's give it a try. Yeah. And then they go yeah. on vacation or the honeymoon, Savannah or wherever, and like, oh, actually, I'm still married to someone in Brazil. It, that's far-fetched, but that would be a sitcom. Yeah. I mean, even or even an arc of a season. An arc of a season. Wait, can yeah. we can we change it to Reba? Because my wife loves Reba. Yeah, this is Reba. Yeah. Okay. That sounds okay. right. Mrs. Reba McIntyre. 
Um, so was there anything you didn't like about this, John? <laughs> I mean, I didn't care for Die and the like the, the B love story. What's his name? Yeah, I was uh, like Bobby. Bobby. Like I didn't. I I kind of like glossed through them after a while because like the way they come and go, like they weave it weaves in and out nicely. Yeah, but like I think for me, like the emotional, like the emotional force of it, and I was like, okay, like let's see what happens with Lulu and Ninian and all that. Um, um, Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't do a lot. You maybe you maybe thought that um, dying Cornish that was set up in a way, right? Yeah, yeah, that that was definitely set up. But I didn't mind that setup. But like to me, the die thing. Yeah, I didn't know if the point of it being there was to like make white and Ina seem even more unreasonable, or I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what did what did you two not like about it? Other than most stuff, Josh. <laughs> no, I mean, and actually, now that we're talking about it, I, as these tend to happen, I, I, I'm finding stuff I, I do like about it. Um, in fact, I think it would be a great musical. Um, but uh, that says think, a lot about it. I think <laughs> I uh, like. Maybe this is even unfair because it's like not what it is. But I, I think that some of the things to like not show versus show. Like I think some of the themes. Like some of the Lulu Dwight, Dwight, yeah, Dwight scenes go on. I feel like forever, um, and it's sort of like rehashing and rehashing. Like mm-hmm. I could take out the whole like, don't look at my letter. There, oh, so she's supposed to get a letter from Ninian that's supposed to confirm or deny whether he really is married to another person, whether she really is or isn't alive, um, and that sort of is fine. But there's this other subplot within that that like. They're going to get the letter early, but she can't open it because Dwight is on vacation and no one, Dwight hates when anyone opens his letters. I could scrap all that and add either or both a scene of Ninian and Lulu in Savannah. Like, I would love to see her happy for a second. Or a scene or and a scene of like Ina trying to like run the house by herself. Um, that like, would be, yeah, that'd be funny. I think that'd be hysterical. But maybe yeah. that's not a fair thing to say. Like, well, you could have done this, but um, what? Like, why do you feel like they didn't? Because I I thought about that. Like, why do you feel like they didn't show the Savannah thing? I I sort of thought it was about structure and like saving saving the budge. Um, I wonder in the book. I'm sure in the book they show it. I can't mm, imagine so. like because it seemed like the in it it becomes like part of the structure is like, because Dwight's like, no, he's lying to you. Like he's, he's just trying to say face girl, you know, no, it's not like that. So I don't know. Secondhand. Yeah. I, I don't know structurally why they did that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Do you have any guesses, John? Why they did that? Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, Chris. Um, I mean, it, it made it more compact set-wise. It made it, uh, and it maybe more compla- compact uh, story-wise. At least the first two acts, uh, it's all in the house, and it all is like 
just coming and going into the house and um and yeah like a single scene um with a laugh track <laughs> <laughs> but the final scene well i guess like the old version it ends up in the piano the old version store. is now the that's the new version is in the piano store isn't it no that's the original version oh right the original version is in the piano store, which would be weird. Like it's a three act play and in both of them, the third act is much shorter, right? Yeah. It, was Did you see... one, it must've been like, yeah. I don't understand how old plays worked. What do you mean? Two winter missions and like weird. Yeah, it would be weird. It can't have been a full intermission to come back no, it must for have been like a five-minute stretch break or something. Ten-minute scene, although yeah, if you there's like bring, a half-hour break between each uh, each act. You have to bring in a bunch of pianos. <laughs> Maybe they just like a bit. You know, it's like vaudeville backdrops. You just drop the thing, and it's you well, someone piano plays story. piano. Maybe uh, Monona is uh, singing. Isn't she a good singer? Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting which lines were kept between the old ending and the new ending. Huh. But also, I, didn't I don't pick think up on that. In the old end, like there's some, there's a whole chunk of the second act that got like moved into the second act from the original third act. Like there's a whole conversation with Cornish, and um, I mean this is sort of in the weeds. Um, John, is there anything that you didn't like? Me? Listen, that the uh, sub Chris, sub what is going on? Um, we look we look alike. It's the gray hair. Uh, considering she was a novelist, um, Sonia Gale, I was disappointed in the stage directions. But perhaps maybe that's because she was a novelist. Whereas Eugene O'Neill, he has to put all his literary might into the stage directions. She doesn't feel that need because it's already a novel. She can just like talk about what the stage looks like and then leave it like that. I think um, it's actually a testament. Sorry to her. Like she's she's a good she's a good like stage writer. You know what I mean? Like I didn't need to know how they were talking. And I think I don't know if it's just because you didn't need to because it's just like haha funny. But like yeah. Yeah, there's almost no asides, no like, uh, you know, dryly or laughs. There's none of that. It's yeah. just like, these are what they're saying. Enter, exit. Um, Exunt. It's a ridiculous play. I thought, <laughs> I mean, it's saying what I liked and didn't like. I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it like... Um, like this is funny and ridiculous and um and to me a precursor of like a modern sitcom. And it was interesting to see what a play of the time was like. I didn't think it was a great play. Who would you um who would you be? Who would I be? Wow. Um maybe Cornish? I see that. You as Cornish? Yeah, no. 
Get get out of here. No yeah, way. You're, you're deaf, Cornish. I, I mm-hmm. Who am I, John? Cornish is like he's milk toast and not confident. No, 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 no. That's not that's not my friend Christopher. No, no, no. Oh. You're Dwight. You're Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Dwight. Matt, who do you think you are? Uh, I mean, I guess like if a play works, you find yourself in like the different characters. Um, at times, it reminded me of like Dwight talking to the mom. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking of my own mother-in-law, just like the, you know, mostly because we live like next door to each other. So I appreciated, well, yeah, like us kissing. I can see you do that. I can, you also, <laughs> I could see you giving uh, giving your sister-in-law a hard time. Right. So I guess I am doing And I see myself as as Ina. Or, huh. or the grandmother. But that's probably more like who I want to be. The grandmother and your, unfortunately, I know you mean. No, I think I want to be more. I, I don't know. I think I'm... I, I liked her. She's funny, man. So none of us are uh, Lulu? No. Does anyone want to be... And I thought John was more Ninian. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you just said you like almost got married one night. Right, but, it, but I think... Uh, and you know, it's true that it is a ridiculous play and all that, but like it worked to me because I mean, I guess I could read like a young adult novel and the same thing happens. Mm. Like I found yeah. certain aspects of myself in each one and it like captured my imagination and like I ran with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I would say it was well done. I mean, not that it was great, but it, you know, in the same way that a well written sitcom is well done admirably great writers um i thought i thought she did a good job of what she was doing like so many yeah so many single lines so many characters and they were drawn to me like the from the the little girl to the mother to dwight and ina to lulu like you know they were clearly delineated characters if ridiculous so I, I was going to add another question um, this week, which is that, um, so there was a, a a relatively recent, I mean, not that recent, but it, within this millennium um, production of Miss Lulu Bet in New York. And really? one of the ways it was sort of selling was like, it was like a, a an early feminist sort of moment. And like, can we yeah. locate a like, I mean, this is like three dudes <laughs> talking about this, but like, it, like, is it, are there, do you find a, like a like a political sort of leaning in this? Do you like is there a philosophy in Miss Lulu Bet? Yeah, Lulu Bet is beat down. Is you know she's only praised for her cooking. She's only praised for her domesticity, and she comes to um she leaves that situation. She realizes that she wants to escape that situation, and and it's through love maybe or it's um. But it's only proto-feminist, proto-liberation, I, I could say. And I also, I think there's something interesting and in sort of like, like <laughs> giving a lot of credit, but there's like a Marxist 
feminist moment too, where, uh, you know, she's not only oppressed by Dwight, but also by like her class position and, and her sister like does nothing to help her. Right. Her sister ar- arguably makes it just as bad, if not worse. She um, doesn't earn anything from her labor. Yeah. I mean, I did appreciate that about the Ina character that like, um, you know, a lot of times people just use platitudes as like currency to, you know what I mean? Be like, oh my God, thank you so much. That was so great. But it's like, it's like, you know, she doesn't lift a finger, but she's like, oh, thank you. Or like, just moves on to what she needs next. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess like, I guess the other thing then is like, structurally, you know, if you're talking about this idea of like, it is like a feminist thing is like, it's like what happens with Ninian, right? It's like, it's up for interpretation, right? It could be this, it could be that or something like that. But she, she believes what she knows and she's steadfast in that belief. And even though it kind of hinges on like information that she needs from a man, whether the marriage was dissolved or whatever, she's steadfast in how she in what she knows and what she experiences. I mean, especially at the, um, you know, at the end of that, of the original, right? Like she's liberated on her own terms. She like goes off to like be by herself and, you know, it's not. Yeah. Did you um, read reviews of the, of the reprise? I didn't. Re- revival? No. I didn't. Maybe but, a bonus episode when we read this. We'll say it real quick because it is interesting about the Cornish thing. Because to me, his like he's like the only one that kind of like gets one of those monologues, and I could see that in a modern thing where he's like, "Look, you know, I don't have any money. I can't this. I can't that. But what I can do is not make you feel, you know, I get. You know what I mean? Like that. Um, he's the good guy, or whatever." Yeah. I know he's um, trying to marry the sixteen-year-old at the beginning. <laughs> I don't know if he is though. I feel like he's like sort of clueless, and like I, I think that's more about like Ida. Like, wait. Also, sorry. Well, did you get the vibe early on the play that like Dwight was like trying to set Ninian and Lulu up, and that Dwight had a thing for Lulu almost? Yeah, I caught that too. I caught the Dwight thing with Lulu as well. Like it was a little like the rooster getting all the hens. Yeah. I think Dwight is maybe the grossest character. <laughs> he's pretty great. I liked him. Man. Yeah, he's great. He's he's terrible and, and brilliantly terrible. Um, what would a dream production of this look like? And we don't know the reviews of that last one. I mean, I think it would be a TV. I, you know, I've seen I've seen um, plays in New York and in London, and you have all these like TV actors who want to do theater, and um, they end up making good plays into like sitcoms. And this would be a great one for them. I would I'd be interested. Cast, oh, go ahead. Cast a bunch of sitcom actors in it, like Reba. Reba, yeah. 
Your wife Lula loves Lula. Lulu Bat. Oh, you know what? Actually, and then Megan Mullally and Nick Offerman is Dwight and Ida. Right. What's Eddie White is the grandma. Yes. Uh, someone like Rob Lowe as Ninian. I like it. Um, How about Jack Kay as the grandmother? Perfect. I was thinking Betty White, but... <laughs> Do you have anyone for Di and Bobby? Die? Some, like, some like young teenage actors? Yeah, Di could be the actress from Sabrina, who's also from Mad Men. Um, I don't remember her name. Oh, uh, the one that was the daughter. Yeah. Right. Bobby could be Noah... I think Celentino, he's a big teen heartthrob. Uh, I'm so glad I don't know who that is. <laughs> Cornish, he's very good actually. Uh, <laughs> Cornish could be, oh, maybe like a, uh, uh, a surprise turn for James Corden. Oh. Like a, a sort of subtle, <laughs> a subtle role. Um, he doesn't do subtle. Yeah, and there we go. Well, you know, it's interesting because when you're like, what would be a dream uh, dream production for you? I was interested in like which way actors would take it because I would be they interested could take in it seeing, so many places, yeah. I was, I'd be interested in seeing Lulu like as the victim of her own tragedy. You know what I mean? Where it's like, no one's making you live here. You know what I mean? Like she's 34 and like, I get Which it. Just portrayed as like super old. Yeah, I mean... Actually, a Lulu played by, like, um, Phoebe Waller-Bridgers of, like, Fleabag would be, like... That would be amazing. Wonderful. Slam dunk. Killed it. There we go. She would be good. Yeah. That's a similar character in some ways. Almost. Less uh, swearing. Sorry, John. I think, uh, to be... I think, like, turning it up to, like, a 10... Like, just make it a cartoon. I think maybe that's what I'm, maybe you're saying, like, sitcom, and what I need to, is like, a, like make it a cartoon. Um, which is sort of actually how I felt about Why Mary. Like, just stylish almost. Yes. Yeah. Why Mary uh, stylized, they're both stylized. I thought, I, I mean, I can see similarities between Why Mary and this, but I think we read three, we've read three very different plays. And we're about to read a, I mean, I guess we're about to have another, um, another Eugene O'Neill, but the next one, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, so why do you think it won a Pulitzer? My guess, I said, was that it, there was a really good production of it and like people were, and it was funny and well acted because I think it sets itself up for that and it's very quick um so that's why i think what do you think josh um i think that at this time that i'm wondering if the pulitzer is still very interested in like social issues and so i think like the like the plight of lulu and like like we, what we didn't really talk about too is like this is sort of an issue play like it's this like issue of like i think we took it as sort of a like i'm curious how it landed in 1920 but like i think more it, so like that yeah like the but, issue of but the it was, play is like bigamy right or like 
this man like lot like like she, all the feminism the liberation the like uh, a woman being pushed down by men and finding her freedom but i feel like that's very contemporary but i i wonder if the issue of the day was also like the the like the fact that she married someone that was already married right like I think for us, that's sort of like a, oh a quaint constraint that just sort of like allows Do you want to say play, hi? allows the play to sort of like work. But I I don't know. I I have a hard time imagining that that was taken seriously even in 1920. But I don't know um, oh, the issue of bigamy. I looked up. So this wasn't the first uh, work to win uh, literary work to win a Pulitzer by a woman, but I looked it up and the, uh, the prize for literature that year was Age of Innocence by Edith Wharton, which is an amazing novel by a woman. Um, but I don't know where I'm going with that. And then coming out, there's also, I think the next year was a Willa Cather novel. Um, what do you think, John? I mean, I think there's something, I feel like Dwight and Ina are like, to me, they're the only real cartoon characters in the play. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like the author was really twisting the knife on like all of their social mores and fears and like I think she did a really really good job of like putting in them almost to the point that seemed they seemed ridiculous mm -hmm. but like the manic fears and um I thought I thought it is an issue play in a way but I felt like she did a great job of placing all of it into people that were so fucking ridiculous um even though they like gave her a place to live and all that stuff, but like, yeah, I thought like it wasn't really debated. Do you know what I mean? Where like, I felt like the why Mary, it was like a debate play. Mm -hmm. Especially that third act of why Mary, we said it was an issue play, but that felt like long speeches about what the issue is. Yeah, this, I think this, we didn't get that. Right, but and, and I feel like the author really put so many like just like ridiculous positions within those two characters. Even though it seems like Lulu is the crazy one for like placing her hopes on, you know, because he said he liked me or whatever. I don't know. I I, I thought it was interesting, like uh it wasn't up for debate to me, like what the what the author's position or you know what i mean i felt like she was very clear in like yeah i don't know yeah it's interesting like why my the, the man of the house is conservative and and a fool portrayed as a fool His, yeah and both of them both dwight and ina were just complete fools in a way but they were given the cover of being funny as characters for us to enjoy. I don't know. Mm -hmm. What about that scene uh, or the conversations towards the end of the first act about going to the theater? 
That was good. I like that. <laughs> I was into it, man. That was good. That was good. I wonder what I they that. were seeing. Probably, well, they're it? probably going to go see Why Mary. Where right. was the set? Mm. Was it New York? I kind of felt like Chicago. I could see that. Yeah, it felt like, like the Midwest. Today. Outside yeah, Chicago. But I don't know why. And they, they talked about the city in the way you would talk no, I think about it was any city that you... Isn't, wasn't there... Wasn't, the, wasn't Dwight's mom upstate? In prison? Like, no, I need to go visit Dwight's mom. <laughs> uh, but upstate could be any state. Nah. Or it doesn't have to be New York State. Maybe they, they would say that in, like, Michigan. or no, You, you probably wouldn't say that in Illinois, would you? No, I've never heard of. If you did, that means that they're in prison. I think if you say it in Illinois, in California, we don't call Northern California upstate. No, we don't. You don't have. Yeah, I can't. Not after I've said that, I can't. What do you call it in Britain? Up the loop. Upstate. No, you don't. Northumberland. (laughs) On the a fabulous publicly subsidized public transport system. (laughs) <laughs> that twindled it on tea. There won't be many people in England talking about how fabulous the public transportation system is. Yeah, well, they've been done fucking SEPTA, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> or in California, where it doesn't exist. Um, would, uh, so, we'd definitely say that still Beyond the Horizon has it on best. Oh, right, we were doing best. To play winner. I think Beyond the Horizon, yeah. Yes. What do you think, John? Yeah, but I do think I do think it's interesting is like what could Eugene O'Neill do within this structure? Maybe we'll find out next week. Thank you for teeing me up. So That's next week we're gonna read Anna Christie. Wikipedia has a very brief plot summary. So I'll read you it in its entirety. Um, Anna Christie is a story of a former prostitute who falls in love but runs into difficulty in turning her life around. Oh, that's dear. all I need to know. Um, so that's Anna Christie. This one's been revived a fair amount, so that's exciting. There Again, I've a- never seen it. All right. Um, thank you uh, so much for listening. We'll be back next week with uh, 1922's uh, Eugene O'Neill's steamy drama, Anna Christie. All right. Look forward to seeing you then. Bye, folks. <laughs>